The Dane and Derek Show is an uncensored, unfiltered podcast. Content warnings can be found in the episode description. Hello and welcome to the Dane and Derek Show, a podcast where two nerdy friends attempt to keep in touch and shoot the shit. I'm Derek Aiello, a writer, director, and occasional D&D player, and with me as always is my buddy, Dane Fogdell. Hey, uh, I'm Dane, a writer, a musician, podcaster, lover of tabletop RPGs, and a guy whose glasses are super gross right now. I haven't <laughs> looked at them in like a week, and man, I, I you know, I'm going to deal with this later, but um, yikes. Yeah. Oh, dear. Well, uh, before we hop into today's topic, which is Ma in literature, uh, Dane, what is your what is another Miyazaki film you like? Okay, what did I say last time? I think it was My Neighbor Totoro, right? Yes. Yes, you said My Neighbor Totoro. Okay, then um, I'm going to go with Howl's Moving Castle. Uh, It was the first one I ever saw. And it, I, I really, I like it because I think it really strikes a nice balance between uh, Miyazaki's very traditional uh, four act storytelling structure uh, that's that's very full of Ma and a little bit more of a like a Western three act structure, so to speak. Um, so there's there's a little bit more going on with it uh in like a in a very traditional sense of like conflict and character arcs and these things versus like a story based around exploration of concepts and a contrast so i i really like that and it has a lot to do i think with the fact that it's based off of a novel um on top of that i i i am a lover of fantasy i and uh you know it's it's just lovely from from that perspective very, very, very fair. Uh, for me, I'll pick one of the other Castle movies that he's done. Uh, Castle in the Sky. Good choice. Uh, that was, I think, the before I saw Princess Mononoke, which was what I said last week. Uh, Castle in the Sky was uh, the first, I think that was the first Miyazaki film I saw, period. Mm. And uh, had a profound impact on me. Uh, still remember it to this day. And it's on my list of films I need to rewatch as an adult because I haven't seen it since I was a kid. So, yeah, I bet that's one of the very few ones that uh, won't let you down. You know, like a lot of stuff you come back to um, as an adult, uh, it it, uh, it doesn't hold up. You know, <laughs> this one oh, very yeah. well might. So, yeah. Well, without further ado, uh, Ma in literature, uh, Dane. I'm assuming that you have something to take us away with. um yeah i i kind of do i think if i were to start anywhere with ma in literature it's first of all it's such a big topic that like whatever i'm gonna talk about is not going to um quite show up for everybody but Mm -hmm. i think i would start with shell silverstein as like the place I first noticed it as like, not, not in a, like a conscious way. Like when I first read Shel Silverstein, I didn't understand the word ma. So uh, there's, I couldn't really 
put, if I couldn't really explain it to you, but even just in the pages of his books, uh, the line, the simple line work of the art and um, his kind of sparse poems that leave both a lot said and unsaid left me kind of looking for that as I kept getting older. Cause you know, like a lot of people have read where the sidewalk ends and the giving tree and these things, right? Excuse me. <clears throat> but the thing about them is that they're telling cons, uh, complex concepts without overloading you with them. If that makes sense. And so I think something that um, kind of building off of last time is I think Ma requires a maturity in creation that is very difficult to achieve. Um, even if you even if you like the like the concept, like if you really like um, putting Ma into your work, it's difficult. I think it's difficult to achieve and particularly difficult to achieve if you are attempting to do something that is not ma heavy like i think it's much easier to be to sit down and be like i am going to write this very minimalistic poem or um a, a relatively speak as minimalistic as a novel can be of course um <clears throat> a minimalistic novel or whatnot like that's one thing I think it's another thing entirely to introduce Ma, introduce space into your work in a way that is natural, but isn't the focus of it. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I, th I think what you're getting at is you're not necessarily saying in this story, my thesis will, you know, I'm going to talk about, you know, X subject using Ma. Instead, you're just talking about X subject and you're ingraining Ma into it as you write along. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, here's a funny thing about like writing in a, in a sense, like we could talk about like, I think poetry is like almost exclusive. Like you have to be using that concept. Like you, you really, really have to, like, I've never seen, I've never seen a poem that is actually a poem. Um, Like in, in like how we understand poetry today, like, Epic poetry is a little different, right? But how we understand poetry today, I've never seen a poem that doesn't use Ma, right? Like poetry is about saying a lot with very little, you know? Mm -hmm. And and literally on the page, it's it's um there's so much more space on, on the page. And so like we could talk about like it's one thing to talk about Ma when it's very easy to see, right? Like you take Shel Silverstein's work, you can see it on the page, right? Because there's just an act, an, an active absence of content, of 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 writing, of all of these things, which uh, in turn makes what is there far more poignant, et cetera, et cetera, which we, we kind of talked about before. Um, I guess the thing that I'm most interested in and something I rarely see, at least in the work I read, um, is the concept of Ma not in the physical writing, like in the sense of like a low word count or interestingly spaced out um, paragraphs or stanzas, but like the actual concept of, of allowing Ma to be in your story. 
Um, like I think we mentioned that the the antithesis of Ma is Michael Bay. Um, <clears throat> many many books don't stop, you know. Yeah. Um, they don't let the characters um breathe for a moment, you know, like. Mon a story almost requires nothing to be happening in a, in a sense. Um, and, and, and like, I, I think a lot of, a lot of books, like, like I'm thinking about like the hunger games is immediately coming to mind as a book that just kind of like never stops. And in a, in a sense that's relentless, you know, that's, that's um, it's, it's, it's unbelievably exhausting. And on the one hand, like, that's really good, right? It's gripping. It, it grabs you by the teeth and just, like, keeps going. Um, but it never breathes. Like, I'm, I'm currently rereading... Uh, I'm currently rereading The Lord of the Rings. And I haven't... Speaking of things I haven't done since I was a lot younger, uh, I haven't read it in a long time. Watch the movies nearly every year, but the, the book's not, not so often... And I am struck by how, both how dense they are and how like ma filled the story is. Does that do you, I don't know if you're following me. I don't know if you're yeah, yeah. Um, because like his his language is so dense. Like there's no and and the copies I'm reading on are are relatively ancient. Um <laughs> so they're small printed and like these like ancient paperbacks, and so like it's these tiny, it's it's literally dense on the page. Um but on the other hand, so much of, of the actual story of like Fellowship of the Ring in particular uh, is, is just people kind of walking. They're, they're really just walking around, um, which yeah. he tends to like, which on the one hand, like I'm kind of like reflecting on it and I'm like looking at it and I'm like, especially with this today's topic coming up, like I was like, okay, so on the one hand, you know, there's all this like reflective time where not a lot is like happening and it's okay. And on the other hand, I'm kind of looking at it and like, but he never lets it be. He immediately starts filling it in with history. That makes no sense unless you've read the Silmarillion, you know, like it's this very funny, it's very funny thing to like, and I'm not really here to say if that was the right decision or not. Um, but I am like thinking about it as like it would be a very different story if we were allowed to just kind of sit with their travels and not have it be filled in by something else. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think literature is such a hard one because there isn't space, there isn't anything to replace it with. Like often like when we talked about film, like you can stop dialogue and replace it with, you know, just the soundtrack for a while. You can cut out the soundtrack or any number of things, right? Like you can, you have these tools to play with, but with literature, you only have the words, right? So you can't actually stop the words if that makes sense, right? Like you can't, you can't stop where where um then then there isn't anything right right yeah like you can't in the middle of your book have now go to www dot 
insert like audio thing like portion of the novel here no for the next chapter like you know and then it's like a listening experience you you can't do that yeah yeah i mean maybe you could like with like a, a exclusive ebook but that would be like that would be like kind of like an experimental thing right that wouldn't be right like, if we're talking about like a traditional novel start to finish it's all words and mm-hmm. i think that you the then in the cases you have to like it's about pacing right like you have to give people moments to relax and like uh, like set back for a second you know like you need to let your characters stare at the sunset for a little bit and you honestly i tend to think that the best way to do it is kind of fill that in with some like flowery language for a moment that if paid close enough attention to perhaps it tells you something about the character or what's happening or any number of things uh but if if someone were to miss that just to be like nope it's just nice it's just here i think that's okay personally um yeah what are your thoughts on i've talked for a minute (laughs) yeah i think i feel like when i think of ma you know i i agree with you in that it's very easy to sort of look at ma in literature as just the formatting is just the way it's styled and you know when there's a lack of words therefore there is ma but i agree with you in that the concept of ma within the story is also just as important um i feel like i encounter a lot more ma in children's novels mm-hmm. because they have to be slow they have to be able for a person that is of a fifth, fourth, sixth grade, you know, ages nine through 12, you know, reading level. Yeah. You know, they have to be able to be uh, digestible at a, at a reasonable pace. Yeah. Funnily enough, in contrast, I feel like YA, like, uh, yes, like, like teenage novels, essentially, they do the opposite. Like there's no my in, yeah. like, in that, which I find very interesting. Sorry, yeah it, it's not all good all good it's 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 very much a a 180 and i and i think that that's something that the older i get the more i notice like I, i'm currently rereading a children's book called once upon a marigold by gene ferris and i the first two chapters of the book are basically all one big inhale mm-hmm. it's about a young boy that meets a troll that eventually becomes you know his adopted father uh but the first two chapters are dedicated to just sort of these like in-between moments, these very mundane moments mm-hmm. in their life in the woods, dealing with their two dogs, surviving, finding food, making fires, talking to each other. Mm-hmm. It has absolutely nothing to do with the story. And that, I think, is a really great sort of, you know, ma in context of a story kind of situation. Yeah. Yeah, I think that I I totally agree that those moments are super important. And I was thinking about like the structure, like I was thinking about like, like I under like in poetry, you know, like you, you can do a lot on the page, like you can like throw lines and stanzas on like the opposite side of the page. Like you can do all these things that would create Ma potentially. Um, And I was thinking, I, I think the other one way you can do it structurally in a novel is like how long are your chapters um you know like how long are your chapters do you have chapter breaks at all like 
Terry Pratchett generally doesn't have chapters. I don't know if he has any chapters in any of any of his books. Um, which on the one hand, you know, some I think he once said something to the effect of like he can't under he doesn't understand a story in that that way. Like he just tells the story start to finish. Um and like all power to him. But like in a like a literal structural sense, there's no breaks. There's no breath in there. And so like I'm thinking about like some novels I've read read have shorter chapters. And those those books I actually tend to like um have like an airy sort of like light feel to them, no matter how thick they are, like how how long they actually are. Um mm-hmm. because I think that's that's one of very few options that's given to a novelist is uh when do when do i let you potentially have a break right like i was reading oh hold on let me let me look this book up real quick um it's a famous science fantasy yes it's a science fantasy book called hyperion um and the first chapter is like 70 pages long wow yeah yeah and on the one hand i'm like well in the end it's really more of a book with like 15 small parts rather than a book with 15 chapters but as i was like reading it it really didn't end up caring for this book very much um so i kind of put it down but like reading the beginning of it i was like this is endless like it it had it created this very unending long feel to it without like um much um much space for me right like i never knew when to put it down and Mm -hmm. i i and every time i picked it back up again i always i I always kind of like had this feeling of like oh i think i need to go back like two pages and pick up the thread of this again um like it wanted me to sit down and read the first that that 70 pages and you know, that's, that's interesting. I found that interesting is like this person wrote exclusively the way they wanted to. And on the one hand, nice, good job, stick to your guns. And on the other hand, I'm like, that's not super reasonable for a lot of people. Um, like there are many people who are like power readers, uh, but that's not everybody and it's it's not very inviting like i think a, a trait of ma that occurs pretty frequently is like I, I don't know how you feel about this description of it and and this is kind of like an interesting conversation because like as much as i love to write um i i personally think that i'm a kind of a novice in literature as far as like my understanding of um or like the width and breadth of what I've read in my life, I guess is maybe more accurate. Um, so we're kind of talking about it like a little bit more conceptually than we did last time. Like last time we used a lot of like direct examples and now we're just kind of talking about the concept a little bit more, which I like uh, anyways. I, but what I was kind of thinking is like, I think Ma comes off a few ways uh, depending on how it's used. Like I feel like it often comes off as like minimalist uh, and austere almost like very, like it almost aloof in a way like it can, it can either come off as like this very like cool maybe relaxing but a little bit distant sort of thing 
or I think it kind of comes off as like soft and very inviting. Like, um, like I think that's how Miyazaki uses it. Um, is in particular, like it is an inviting space. Like I have created space for you to sit with me. Um, and for you to hear what I have to say. Um, or it's like, I'm creating a space in which you can meditate. If that makes sense. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I'm 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 kind of thinking. What about you? What what is your like if you were to point at any one piece of work of like literature as like Ma, like this is my book where Ma is, like what is it for you? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't read as much as you do, but when I think of, when I think of a book that is very inviting to read and is very enjoyable to read and I can easily pick up and set back down, funny enough, I I think of Aragon. Uh, The, um, from the inheritance cycle? Yeah, I think of just the first one. We don't need to talk about the other ones yet, but fair enough. I mean, the other ones are are, are pretty good, but the the first one especially, you know, there's there's like all these like in between chapters that are like two pages long. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. And they're and they're just they're usually just like you know what 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 most people would consider throwaway scenes or throwaway lore or unimportant to the main story, but they're just these moments of like setting up camp or a dream Aragon has or a moment in Aragon's life or a cutaway to another character somewhere else. And we're seeing their, their life through their eyes. Um, there's also that scene like right at the very end where like Aragon like blesses a child and it's, and it's, it's like really just in the middle of all this tense action. There's this moment where he blesses a child and it's, it, it really pulls you in and out of the story. And I think there's a lot of maybe, I don't know, you know, I think that there's a lot of Ma, regardless of whether it was intentional or, or unintentional, there's a lot of it happening. And I think it's just because there was so much packed into it that there are moments that, you know, the, the rising action within, the, within those moments, there, there's moments that are just real calm and are real left turns from, from the main story. So, mm-hmm. and, it's, and it's funny because Aragon is, is like a YA children's book that often gets a real bad rap these days but i think yeah. that i think that there there is there there was something about it that made it one of those books that everyone i knew read and that i continued to read until i was well into my you know early 20s so it's mm-hmm. it's still i think to some extent you know that i think that speaks for itself in terms of its quality as a story and um yeah, because it's 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 like it's like one of those books where when, when I think about Aragon, I don't think about you know the big war. I don't think about you know the fight in the crater. I I think about I think about like the moments where he's just like in the woods hunting in the very beginning. You know, there's just a lot of scenes of him hunting for some reason and him like running around in the woods and like trying to earn a living. And it's all these very very like you know seemingly unimportant scenes that 
really stuck like they really stick out at me as important in my head when I when I think about the book. Yeah. No, I I agree with you. For all of its other flaws, I do think it created a sense of space for sure. Mhm. For sure, for sure. Yeah. No, nah, do you want to do you want to jump up do you want to jump to like a kind of our topic B here at the end for a sec? Sure, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ma in music. Yeah. Um, which I best can I bet best can just like we could just say this quote which is like music is the space between the notes. There we did it. It's over. Um <clears throat> <laughs> Wow, yeah, that uh, I was not expecting that. Yeah, but... we did it. It's oh, yeah, that's Yeah, I mean I think Ma in music is really easy to notice, you know? Yeah. Like and I think certain broad genres, uh, like I, I think genre is bullshit and we could talk about that some other day, but, um, broadly speaking, if you want to use genres as like the, the, a defining characteristic, I think certain genres have a lot more or less of, of, of Ma in it, like just by their nature, like speed metal, there just isn't a lot it's it's you know start to finish boom there there it is right right it's on the, the space hand, between the next track <laughs> yeah if, even if that even on the other hand <laughs> like um you know bebop jazz from like the late 50s early 60s you know your miles davis your john coltrane it's Charlie all about that. exactly yes it yeah. is all about the space Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, like, I, I, I think, I think a lot of it has to do in music with where do you put the emphasis? Um, because you can't, you can't constantly go for all kinds of reasons. Like every performer has an upward limit, right? Like, um, like trumpet players, for example, they cannot play that long actually at the at their peak you know a really really good trumpet player can maybe play three hours and that's pushing it by a lot and that's like the best of them the most enduring of them on the other hand a pianist can you know play triple that easy you know and like a vocalist can only you know like they they need more breaks but they can keep doing it longer like a vocalist can like sing many many sets in a day but you know they can't do it, it's really tough on like a, a, a vocalist to go for like a, a nine minute piece or whatnot so like you're there's literal limitations you are you are put under when you write music you know you can't you know and there there is like a, a, a and i mean electronic music it's around this a little bit but there's there's um you know you can't sustain everything forever um so you're, you're naturally going to have it you you can't escape it, if right. that makes sense. And it, and it's, I think it comes down to how much you want to emphasize it, really. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's sort of a cross between the concept of ma and the physical limitation of ma uh, within music. Mm-hmm. Like in electronica, you can get around the concept of ma within a song, but that yeah. doesn't mean that everything dropping out before the bass dropping doesn't give you that sense of ma right before the bass drops right like that's the funny thing is like 
you even in like deep electronica your your dubsteps your trap and whatnot like you're supposed to kind of have a drop and a drop like you said requires sort of a buildup or or something um which kind of forces a ma almost um and you know the longer we're talking about it the more like humanistic ma almost feels right like there's this like like we can't escape it in a certain sense you know the book will right. end the 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 sax player has to take a breath you, you know like it's going to happen it's this very interesting thing of like but we all we're almost afraid of it do you know what i mean yeah well it's it's you know that it goes back to that idea of not being able to stand silence or mm-hmm. being afraid of something ending rather than being okay with something you know happening yeah yeah and it's um it's scary it's hard right like you it's very it's very easy to 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 like um grab something uh a good friend of mine once recently told me like we were talking about the the musical Hamilton and he said the thing i love about it is that the creators and the performers and everybody grabbed their subject matter by the teeth and like joyfully shook it about like they just were enjoying every minute of it and it was like relentless and powerful right like um and like i was thinking about it i was like yeah that that makes sense that's like but i think like and on the one hand i think that's really eat there's something very tempting about that 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 need to like grab an audience and just never let them go right like uh, there's a fear that you'll lose them forever if you let them go for a second or if you ask anything of them by making space mm-hmm. um i think i've told my score my story about going and seeing the score on here already have i i think we talked about it before the show mm. well i don't you know but i have a different story that i'll, I'll bring okay. up instead okay. so the, the score they played a quiet song even though they're a loud band right right um oh, fuck this was six years ago uh six years ago <laughs> i saw iron and wine perform um and if you know anything about iron and wine it's it's just a it's a band made up of basically one guy He's more of a singer songwriter, really, and he writes really relatively quiet guitar folk music, and he kind of whisper sings. You know, he's like a quiet performer um, already. And we're at Red Rocks seeing him. Uh, he's he's the second of three three artists that are that are performing that night, and he's there, and 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 it's it's if anybody knows the red rocks amphitheater out here in Colorado, it's, you know, this natural crazy acoustic place. Right. And all kinds of bands have performed. Um, and he's out there in like a blue suit with a guitar, massive spotlight by himself, like by himself. And he sings from such great heights, acapella. So he puts the guitar down and he just sings and he just makes the whole goddamn audience shut the hell up as much as a, as a crowd that size can. Um, 
And so, and, and you heard every breath he took and it was only so powerful because he was willing for there to be silence for you to hear him breathing. And he, and he was, I, 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 he could have walked down the street naked and I don't think he would have been as exposed as he was that night. And I thought it was like incredibly brave, you know, to stand where like the fucking Rolling Stones and the Beatles have performed and to decide that you're going to ask so much of the audience who he was not the, he was not the main attraction. Even a huge chunk of that audience was not there to see him. I was, but you know, that's a really good way to put it that, Ma is an ask. You're mm-hmm. across all forms, you're asking the audience, the reader, the viewer, the controller of the video game to take a minute and just let go of control. Yeah. It's it's an ask. It's I think it's brave as a as a creator, um, especially in this day and age of like constant, you know. <laughs> Yep. But I also think I really do think it is one of the most natural things for us. And we need it, you know. And that I think people should like practice putting it in their work. You know, like I don't I don't think everybody should, you know, be a Miyazaki, right? Like um I, I think that's yeah. I think that that'd be kinda <laughs> I think that'd be kinda much. You know, like I think, you know, you, you want something that moves a bit more than Miyazaki as much as you want to like sometimes rest with him. Um, Mm -hmm. but I, I think, I think you, I think it's worth practicing it. I think it's worth, you know, if you're a creator out there listening, I would, and, and if you've never done this, I would say try and create a piece that is more negative space than positive space in whatever medium you work in, you know, and, um, see how that feels, you know, it doesn't like, it doesn't have to be your thing. It really doesn't like, I adore it. Like the novel I'm working on right now. Um, I am six or seven chapters in, I can't remember the proper number. I know the word count, but I don't know the number of the chapters. Um, no, it's six. Uh, is it? Anyways, um, <laughs> uh, the the um the way that I'm 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 essentially writing what for me very much feels like a a Miyazaki film. Um, mm. like I'll be honest, there's not a huge plot in there there's just moments and the characters change and there's growth and there's contrast, but there is not, there's no three act structure. There's no, it's not much rising action climax. Like like, it's sort of there, but it's really loose and it's more about asking. Hopefully my readers to be, to come with me and be like, Hey, would you like to just sit in a moment with me and like think about some things, enjoy this, 
and then probably put that book down for the rest of the day and come back to a cha- another chapter tomorrow because there's no pressure on you to go any further. And I'll admit, um, after I wrote the la- the last chapter I wrote, I felt really scared. Um, like really scared because that flies in the face of so much advice, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, but I mean, I'm, I'm really enjoying it and that's what I like. So I'm doing it, but you know, nobody, yeah. nobody has to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Well, it's very brave of you considering that it's, this is your second novel, third novel. Uh, second second novel yeah i mean i think i think that's good i think you know in this day and age you gotta take a risk and ma as strange as it is uh is a risk yeah yeah and truth be told i i feel better over like putting my fear aside like um i feel better about it than the last one the last one is much more traditional storytelling and while i enjoyed writing it i have no desire to go any further with it um whereas this i i really want to refine because it feels much more honest to the sort of work i want to put out there you know they say write what you want to read Mm-hmm. And um, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm re- I've been looking for that sort of book for a long time. The sort of book where, the sort of book where I'm not stressed while reading it a little, you know, like yeah, 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 where you just kind of feel a nice feel good throughout. Kind of, or or more like I just want to be in a moment, and I'm not mm. like I'm like often I'm I'm. Like I recently read a book called Spinning Silver. I, th- I think I mentioned it in our books episode. Um, I really like it. I really, really like it. And anyways, uh, the thing about it is that the whole time I was like thinking like, okay, how are they going to get out of this thing next? And like, okay, this is this is how the Fae work and they do these rules. So I bet she could be tricky in this way and get around the villain. You know, like these these sorts of things. Um, like I'm, I'm always like, I'm following the plot. And so often I just, I'm like, I, I want to be like, I don't want a plot. I want to be here in this space, like this emotional space. Like it's sometimes the thing, a feeling I get with like an album of music where it's just like, I'm here with this music and the music is here with me, but I want it in a novel <laughs> and, I, and I've never found it. Not once. Um, so maybe someone well, else out there wants to read that too. Yeah, I'm. You know, I bet. I bet that uh, that you are correct about that. Um, I think that's a good note to to end today. Uh, we're 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 pretty much at time. Just at just at about. So this is true. This is true. Yeah. Um. Thanks for listening, everybody. This week it's been real fun doing this and talking about Ma. Uh, last week and now this week. Um, we got one more next, left. Yeah, one more left. Unless we decide to make it four parts, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's it. Uh, you can see what movies uh, I'm watching on Letterboxd at Derek Aiello and conveniently at Derek Aiello everywhere else. Uh, Dane, where are you at on the interweb? Uh, well, you can find me on Twitter at Dane underscore Fogdahl. 
And you can listen to my show, Diceology, which is like the science of dice on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. And actually, probably by the time this comes out, we will have been finished with our first anthology on Diceology. So there's like a whole big story um, that is very ma-filled. I I promise you that. Um, That you can, you could go listen to start to finish. Um, Probably right now, because Derek, this is... This is, this is not going to come in. Yeah, this is, this is, this is yeah, yeah. This is uh, at least five <laughs> weeks away. Something like that. Okay, good. Taking some real ma in between episodes. Fair enough. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah. go check that out. Um, yeah, that's what I got. Woo. Well, we'll uh, catch you next week for our, the, the hypothetical final chapter of this. Thanks for hanging with us. Bye-bye. See you then. <laughs>